1: Yeah, it's appropriate that you're gonna
0: start it with a limp biscuit.
1: Keep rolling, rolling, rolling.
0: Yeah. Um. I thought that song was about doing ecstasy. What's it about? Keep rolling.
1: Oh, what's it about? I don't know, dumb shit. Oh, he's in his car.
0: Yeah, he's in his car. It's basically like any adversity that comes, I'll fucking put my Sentra right through it.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh man, what a fucking so. I I do want to say something at the top of the show here that we're recording this on Sunday, which is November 1st, and it won't be out. You'll be listening to this Friday, which will be November 5th, and there's going to be something, you know, I think things are going to be very, very vastly different in many ways Mm -hmm. on the 5th that are not currently, you know, uh, politically, presidentially, Um, and recovery-wise. (laughs) <laughs> recovery wise, I think that it's going to be, you be know, a shitload of relapses out there. I I really hope not. And, yeah, you know, me I, too. I, I think if you've listened to the podcast long enough that, you know, that um, where Jerry and I stand politically, uh, I mean, mostly we just want to throw the whole thing in the garbage and fucking start all over and, you know, maybe try and take care of some people who need some help. And um, I don't know what that makes us socialist anarchists i don't know dude Um, i mean i'm dressed like you said i'm dressed like antifa (laughs) i guess i'm I'm dressed like i should be ready for the i'm ready to go on the yacht i got my little white polo shirt polo yeah i don't know
0: i mean politically john and i are pretty we're gen x dude we're gen
1: x we're pretty liberal we're pretty leftist i mean please i'm not fucking I, i my point is Um, and, and, and we've gone through some shit and there's been a few shows where we focused primarily on like political stuff only because it was what the fuck is going on in the world. Um, right. And it, it's, you know, I think there's a difference between, I think there's a difference between political and, you know, discussing policies about how to make the world a better place versus moral issues that come up. And, you know, I think in recovery, we deal with a lot of that stuff and I know that I try to lead with kindness and compassion and understanding and, and learning and listening and all of these things that have helped me have a better life and I think that they can help everybody else have a better life and I think that regardless of the outcome <clears throat> and wherever we're at on Friday when you're listening to this like there's no reason to drink yeah Um. No I mean I don't plan on if I am devastated if I am depleted if i am um if things don't go my way like i've you know part of the tools are well they're probably not going to go your fucking way so you learn to live with them you know life on life's terms all that kind of good good business (laughs) so if you're wondering what we think about the election or any of that i guess it'll have to wait till next week (laughs) um you That's know. when we lose
0: a bunch of listeners.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think that if you have political leanings that that differ from mine, I would certainly. And I think Jerry and I have both discussed this before. If you had a problem with alcohol and you wanted my help, I would probably, I would, I would reach, mm-hmm. I would, I would extend my my hand to somebody who needed help, and it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know and i think that's too a lot of reasons why in the rooms they say please keep your discussions to the what is it um confined to your problems with alcohol confined to, like,
0: to your problems with alcohol right
1: yeah. now this mm-hmm. is a podcast this is not a rooms and we are not constrained by um the uh the the rules of some programs but um but still i think that it's we we try obviously you wouldn't be here if you weren't interested in listening to us sometimes rant and ramble about alcohol, but I just don't think that there's a reason to drink. And I think that it could be very easy to give yourself an excuse to feel so devastated or so sad or that your world is going to end because of who sits in a particular office. And I mean, there are huge ramifications to it regardless. Um, But I would just say, take a breath if you haven't already, you know, it's been a couple of days. <sighs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I was even thinking, like, I don't think that I'm going to fucking have the news on or anything on election night. I think that I'm going to turn everything off. And I don't know. Play some me. records. No, you'll be there. I'm
0: going to fucking mainline that poison. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, Jerry. I'm all on right. the edge of it. I might as well go all the fucking way at this right. point. I mean, I'm like absolutely obsessed with it. This has not been a great time in my life right now. Has it been the worst time? No, but it's not been a good time either, though. I mean, I'm in the middle of doing a cross-country move where I have hardly any money and no fucking job and no job or house lined up for me in the place I'm going to on the eve of like a really fucking crazy election during a wild-ass pandemic that's at the highest fucking peak it's ever been at. It's, you know, it's been a pretty good, pretty rough, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's eating a whole bag of dicks. So, I don't know what to do with that. But that is what it is, you know. It is what it is. (coughs) Life on life's terms. Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe, you know, they always say wait around because the fucking quote unquote miracle will be right around the corner. So, I'm just waiting around. Not like I'm pleading out here like, yo, I'm going to relapse. No, because that's stupid. That's
1: just going to make it fucking worse. Yeah. I mean, I threw that comment out earlier just as a joke, but... Well, so, but do do any of these things? Do you ever think this is too much? I should just fucking rip open a bottle of Evan Williams and. No, because it just makes it way harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus,
0: then I gotta go and fucking expose myself to the Rona to go get a fucking bottle. Like, that- oh god, really? Like, I barely, I barely want to expose myself to the Rona to get coffee. Do you know what I mean? When I run out of like my cold, my my cold water. <clears throat> a cold water brew that i can only get at the Safeway over here so i get up at 6 a.m and go over there it's the doors open at 7 you know and i'm waiting at the door for them to unlock it yeah nah man i'm not gonna risk that shit to get to have a hangover and to get drunk and what be ranting and raving to my wife and kid because they'll just be trapped in the house with me and be being like fucking hey, election Ugh. that's lame yeah no. At, at least on my timeline that's lame. I mean, no, this is lame in general, but no, it's just been stressful. It's it it's been a weird kind of just a never ending anxiety. You know, and I'm trying. I try. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I I hear you there, man. Like it's it's fucking stressful. And it's funny because I know that we live very different um very different lives. Obviously we're different people, but um, you know, I go out into this. I go out into the coronavirus world every day and until mm-hmm. they fucking shut me you down have
0: to, you know, that's the unfortunate part is you have to,
1: right. I don't, I don't yeah. want to, I mean, so. if I had my preference, it would be stay the fuck away. But, right. um, so, <clears throat> so I, I really like to believe that we're all doing the best we can. And um, I think
0: we are. Yeah. I, think, I have faith in humanity in general. I think just circumstances right now. Yeah. I've been very stressed about them, and it's really difficult for me to leave things alone. So uh, my compulsive, obsessive nature. So, you know, my mom will be like, Ah, oh, you're concentrating too much. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, What do you mean don't worry about it? Now, nah, let's just put the election aside. Mm. Like, I've still got to worry about pandemic and getting my ass back to Arizona where my prospects are, <coughs> you know. Very, very different than they are here. Yeah. Not that I have many prospects here because of Corona. I'm not really tattooing. I mean, I could go out there with everybody else at the shop and start doing a quarter of the tattoos I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm making the same amount of money, fucking painting commission paintings. You know,
1: and you just but, and you yeah. feel safer. You are being safer. You know,
0: I'm being safer. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Want I don't want to bring it home to my family, and I don't want to give it to someone else. Like I don't want to give it to some. Poor old person. I want everybody to be able to see their grandmas next year. Do you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to my mom the other day, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do with with her. And you know, she's stuck alone, and she's talking about wanting to move back up to where her youngest grandkid is, and she had just moved from there. You know, in mm-hmm. the last couple of years, and you know, and I think that a lot of this, quite possibly, stems from being isolated for her and and i'm like well i don't want to be i don't want to be unsafe but you know should we should i make a plan to see my mother yeah and i don't fucking know the real answer to that we talked about it and like i don't do should i go visit her and stare, stay in an airbnb that sounds fucking Weird. awful right yeah <clears throat> but also not seeing my mom for as long as i have and and it's not just like I want to see my mom which I do but I'm more concerned about her isolation and how that's going to affect her in the next year. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're all dealing with all of these things every day and right. we, and we still come to the fact that we don't we don't drink. Yeah. Right? So Right. So uh, but
0: that's so weird though, man. I, I see this is, this is the difficulty I have with that. At okay. The stage I'm in in my recovery is that that's not even a fucking factor. Like, that's not even a factor for me. And I'm not bragging or trying to flex. I'm just saying, like, all this shit is stressing me out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting here going, man, on top of it, I can't drink. Like, that just doesn't even factor into my life whatsoever right now. The thought of recovery or not drinking. I just don't fucking drink. It's just what I do. Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. I'm in a different place than maybe another listener who's out there. They're in a definitely a different place than me. They're like, fucking on top of all this, I can't drink either. Yeah. Like. That's their reality. But my reality, speaking to people listening to this podcast, is like I just – I don't have to drink is what I think. Like all this shit is going down and you know what the bonus is? is that I don't have to get fucked up anymore. I don't have to.
1: You don't have like, to. Like
0: I don't have to do that shit so I don't even fucking think about that shit. You know. That being said, my wife brought home this hand sanitizer she got the other day yeah, <laughs> from the school and it was made by a distillery – And I poured it onto my hands, and it was liquid. It didn't even gel. It was just flat liquid. And that shit smelled like tequila. Like, it smelled like booze. Wow. It smelled like I poured booze all over my hands, you know? And and my initial um, reaction was like, this smells fucking horrible, but I hate tequila. But anyway, Mm. if it were like Evan Williams and I poured it all over my hands, even then I'd probably be bummed out and be like, this smells gross, you know? Yeah. So to me in the context of this podcast, I understand it's a recovery podcast, but it's just not this thing that's there all the time. It, it, it rises up occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, and also it's really difficult for me to be like, Oh man, you know, the temptations there or the, that, that, that uh, bolt of recovery is there because I'm in my house. I'm not even seeing other people. And so for me, I guess my trigger is being around other people who are drinking and having a good time. My FOMO Faux show, sure, mm. you know. That's what's fucking me up. But like, nah, man, this. Mm-mm. man, You know our friend adding. Eric
1: who lives in Eugene. Um, he works. Uh, he makes hand sanitizer for for the distillery he works for. Or whatever might have
0: been his hand sanitizer, I should <clears throat> go get the bottle and see. But. Um,
1: but uh, but yeah, I was making my own because I wanted some like high proof. You know, that, cause that's because mm-hmm. that's the way that I think. And so it was really strong, right? I was doing the aloe vera gel with the uh the ethanol, not the ethanol, yeah. the rubbing alcohol and everybody at work was uh-huh. like, "Ooh, that's really strong." And I was like, "Yeah, that means it's that means it's working. That means it's spraying clean. Aqua Velva, you know." Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so for me, but I've always been somebody who's into those intense like smells and stuff like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. as an alcoholic, but you know, I like when when yeah. I'm cleaning the bathroom, I like it to smell like bleach for a couple of days. Like, "Ooh, that's that means it's when it burns, that means it's working. It's working, right? It means it's working, kid. Yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just my reality on yeah. it. When, when I factor in the stress of what's going on in my life right now, drinking doesn't come up right now because I feel like it, it was my coping mechanism. But now that I realize it's a, a useless coping mechanism, I don't fuck with it really. It like doesn't. Mm-hmm. doesn't come up because it's not part of my reality now if we're doing this podcast and I'm in the thick of living in Arizona I might be sitting here telling you a whole different story but as circumstances are right now I'm like eh you know like everything everything's in a huge paradigm shift everything's changing around me and all I can do is just kind of flow with it be a little irritable on the podcast I guess and then move on you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: I yeah. mean
0: so I mean I don't know what else you know like there's not much else I can do I pack And I paint and I play this little video game where I'm stranded on Desert Island and I got to gather up coconuts and not die.
1: Are you playing Animal Crossing? What's going on? No,
0: no, I'm playing Stranded Deep. You should check it out. It's a good single player survival game.
1: Is that the the dude from Walking Dead looking all raggedy? No. What am I thinking of? Stranding alone? He's like... It's Norman Reedus, like plays the character. What's oh, it called? that's Death Stranding. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, and he no. basically he just, is...
0: that dude always looks raggedy. But you're like a you're a courier. <clears throat> I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you.
1: I heard I heard a review of that game because it every it was it was all hyped up when it came out, and mm-hmm. um, and then they said basically you're just like a fucking UPS guy in a post-apocalyptic world. Pretty you much, just, you're just waiting for cutscenes and walking around with boxes. <clears throat> There's more to it, right? You know, you
0: can watch any <clears throat> YouTube fucking essay on it that'll tell you there's way more to it but i wasn't gonna spend 60
1: bucks on it right nah um so when you talk about at this point in recovery drinking is not an option or that you like oh i don't have to i don't have to do it and i think part of that is and i think i think you'll agree with me is that this particular Mm -hmm. program that this particular path we have decided to follow um is right they say it's a spiritual path so drinking was and still is to me it was one of many problems that i dealt with one of many right. things mm-hmm. it was the biggest one and it was the mm-hmm. one that clouded over every single other problem that i had to get out of the way first but when i look at it i go oh okay so i have to i have to work on myself spiritually and i'm like oh well right. what the fuck does that mean right and um that's part of that's part of the. the the path is figuring out what right, right. the fuck I, that I, means.
0: Right. And right. I, I know I come off a little harsh and I hate to come off like I know something everybody else doesn't know because I am I am not graduated this program. I am not like on a higher level of this MLM we call recovery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm not gonna give you two boxes and be like, all right, you now you go sell this recovery shit. Mm-hmm. Like I this is just the mind frame I'm in right now as far as alcoholism. Uh, recovery (coughs) and drinking and temptation or coping mechanisms it's just not on my plate right now Right. but that being said everything is uncertain so maybe in the future maybe it's tomorrow I don't know but right now as I sit today and where I've been sitting looking back the past few weeks when everything started ramping up I was like "Eh, that's the last thing on my mind like I don't even yeah I would rather eat a fuckload of cookies I would rather eat a bag of candy corn and throw up than fucking drink whiskey right now honestly
1: Amen to that. And my wife just
0: bought candy corn, and I fucking love candy corn. And there's been a lot of candy corn hate out there on the internet, which I find really concerning because my favorite candies are considered the grossest candy. Circus peanuts and candy corns are like my favorite shits. Everybody hates on them. It's fucked up, Jerry. Dude, it's, it's intolerant, and that's why I'm hoping this whole fucking administration changes so we can just get the intolerance out. You know,
1: get the intolerance over candy yeah, corn and circus hey, peanuts.
0: Dude, you know that this dude who's the president right now doesn't doesn't eat candy. He doesn't enjoy anything. He no, just wants to be mad all the time. Anyway, we're here to talk about songs.
1: <coughs> yes, we're gonna well, talk John, about songs. Well, John's Rona kicks up there. Oh Let's my talk god. About the songs. Um. So, um. I don't have the Rona, but um, I know you don't. I'm just joking. I know, around. I know. Well, just, just so that this is clear. edgy. I'm 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 I know. trying out all my edgy uh, so, stuff yes. today. So yes, so yes, it's a spiritual program. We're here to talk about spirituality and recovery. And today, S is for um, sober songs. Or I was thinking like uh, songs in sobriety or Christian rap. Christian rap. Sober songs say so much when it creeps into your room. Whoa whoa. Yeah, is that uh elton John is, or is that e j yeah. yeah um oh yeah yeah so i've so I've received many emails and messages you know you got a box from a guy who um you got a package from a guy who's a musician oh, right yeah. yeah um lots of musicians lots of artists but musicians especially um have an interesting way of of dealing with recovery and sobriety and drinking and um I got another one another message from this uh young lady who's an artist and she was she was very excited to hear us talk about andrew bird and how much we loved andrew bird and i don't know what Dude, Andrew with, birds dope he's anyway. the shit so and i i remember thinking like when i got into well i got into him you know back in the 90s with squirrel nut zippers and just we her and i had this little back and forth about how each one of his albums are so vastly different but there's so much him when you look mm-hmm. at like mysterious production of eggs versus swimming hour, they're mm-hmm. like night and day, but it's still Andrew right. Bird. Um, and then she said, "Oh, did you know that um, Jeff Tweedy was supposed to play the uh, the Undertaker in Fargo originally or something like that?" I was like, I had no idea." And but I, he was too much of a dick. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never
0: gotten into Wilco. I mean I'm not they have a couple good songs, but he's kind of a dick. But no, that
1: well, doesn't, whatever they have a couple pretty good songs though so one of the there's there's a few big artists and i wanted to talk to you about like listening to music while drinking and listening to music Mm -hmm. while being sober and you know what you do and don't and i think one of her questions was going to be were there was there anything that you just had to quit listening to and i i don't think because i was sober there was there were drink or there were songs that would would trigger me.
0: Trigger, yeah.
1: <clears throat> but I wanted to start with a story about coming to visit you in like 2016, I think, and um, the first time. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And we were gonna go see Mike Doty play at a record store. So this wasn't even like a big. I mean, it, he was on tour, and he was... I thought that was 2018. Oh no, never no, mind. 2018 was uh, yeah. yeah. So the second. So time 2016, was. I went to go see you, and one of my favorite, if not my. My favorite Mike Doty album is Haughty Melodic. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that thing blackout drunk on repeat for years on and Mm -hmm. off. Right. It just it never got old in my drunken state. And I remember listening to it sober. And I remember I don't remember which song. I think it was unsingable name or it might have been White Lexus or it might have been one of those. And just driving out of the driveway here and I started crying because it came on. Mm And I was like, "Oh Jesus!" I started to understand this album, and I I think he was sober when he wrote it. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But it it touched me in such a way when I was drunk, and then I was able to listen to it with completely different ears. And when we went to go when we went to go visit you, and I remember being at the record store, and I remember seeing you, and it was really awkward because we hadn't seen each other in fucking years, and the last time had been sober. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um. And we are listening to this to the, him play, and I went to go up and get something signed. And he didn't have Hottie Melo- Melodic on vinyl, which mm-hmm. I was disappointed. So I got Stellar Motel, which is still a good album, but not my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had him sign the inside, and I wanted to say, you know, hey, man. And I, I told him the story that I just told you about Hottie Melodic. And I said, I used to listen to that when I was drunk all the time and now that I'm sober I hear it in such a different way those songs hit me in Mm -hmm. such a different way and he kind of he looked at me and he just went yeah me too yeah and that was (laughs) it that was and that was the extent of our our conversation you know and then he Mm -hmm. signed my 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 album and and we went on our way and you know I remember at one point we were gonna go get sushi and he was like loading up the car and I was almost gonna be like hey man you want to go get sushi with us but Mm-hmm. I didn't want to fucking bother the guy, who knows, maybe he's got to go do whatever. And yeah. but if anybody out there knows Mike Doty, and I've reached out to him a few times on Instagram, I've never heard anything. If he wants to be on the show, we'd love to have him talk about sobriety. But White Lexus was one of these songs that from Hottie Melodic that also I mm-hmm. think in the book of drugs that he wrote, um, he talks about being going to a an AA meeting in New York and um, and something about, you know, having, there were a lot of celebrities that went to this meeting, and he, he's he, I want to read some of the lyrics to this and, and, and um, you know, he talks about um, like a soap star in anguish, shrill but bland, when your white Lexus comes around the way, idling in the long driveway, and I, I always mm-hmm. wondered if that was a reference to that AA meeting that he went to, but, um, you know this song starts off, please show me how to live please show me how to have a day I don't want to wake up now. Why do I have to wake up anyway? Yeah. And I feel like those lines, I listened to them drunk, and I was like, man, that's all I want. Why do I have to wake up? And definitely in early recovery, I felt similarly. (laughs) I didn't want to die necessarily. I just wanted the pain to stop and relief to come. Um, You know, Try to feel nothing on command when your white Lexus comes. Be thrilled, be damned. I forgive the world right now. I still play the chump's role every time. My world's the surface of the moon. My heart's down in a diamond mine. And um, it just, so it goes on and on. Um, but it was something that was really powerful to me about that feeling of longing and feeling lost and feeling maudlin. It's maudlin, and I think that's, that's a big theme for me when I think of Mike Doty and Andrew Bird and even Tom Waits. I think that maybe melancholy, but maudlin is the... And it's like the romanticizing of sadness. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just know that that album and that song and that moment of going to visit you and, and getting to meet him was really powerful. And I don't listen to the album as much as, nearly as much as I used to. And when it comes on, um, you know, it's always nice on Shuffle and I'll listen to a song. But I don't know, how do you feel about Mike Doty these days?
0: I still love his music. I've got to, man, my relationship with music has changed a lot, okay. especially in quarantine, because I don't listen huh. to music as much when I'm doing things as mm-hmm. when, I, when I was alone, like when Megan and Olive would go off to school. Oh, it's a hairdryer. Sorry. Uh, when Megan and Olive would go off to school and then I would work out and then make breakfast and get ready, I would listen to music mostly. But now I just listen to podcasts all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but I do have a run mix and this run mix is like two hours long now. <laughs> nice. It's like replaced my other mix, which my other mix on Sp- – because it's all Spotify now. Like for mm-hmm. me, I don't buy anything anymore. Right. So I have another mix on Spotify that's like five hours long. Like I've just been stacking songs that I like – but the run mix, like, yeah, Doty's on it. Doty's definitely on it. And he's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I music has been a, a, an enormous part of my life. It's never been background for me. And I've never been a musician, really. I mean, i played some drums. I rapped a little, you know, but nothing serious, you know. But for me, music's always been an enormous part of the creative process, big part of the healing process. Um but yeah, no, I love I love uh, Doty. The the big thing for me when I first started getting sober was that uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats and that mm-hmm. song Son of a Bitch was how it got recommended. Um, yes. Someone recommended it to me. It was a the barber next door, this guy with this huge beard, Brooklyn J. And he's like, you got to check this guy out. He's in recovery or whatever. It turns out Andrew... Um, um, Nathaniel Ratliff was not in fucking recovery at all. He was still drunk as hell. But that song "Son of a Bitch" was a real motherfucker, and that's how I felt, like deep in my core, in that summer, like oh. when that 2015, 16. Yeah. You know? Wait, mm-hmm. so he's not? I assumed he was. No, he still drinks his shit. I think he's like one of those dudes who is in and out of recovery. You oh. know what I mean? Like, I don't. You know, I, once again, I don't know right. anything okay. about his life. But you know, I was reading an interview with him, and he was like drinking bourbon the whole time talking about how this song was inspired by him going to AA meetings. so you know got it one foot in one foot out in and out whatever but that song was really big for me music's weird man because that's one of those things where (coughs) you're in early recovery you don't think about anything you're just trying to get to the next day at least i was i was Mm -hmm. just trying to scramble the next day so music to me was more of like a a luxury item you know it was just like kind of on it was like background noise. You know, I was in the tattoo shop. But, well, what's it going to be? Fucking NWA or social distortion? You know, like, I guess that's all I got today. You know, and then listening to the Bronx on a loop, you know, the whole time I was going through early recovery. But I think once I got my feet and hands in it and could kind of hold on to it a little better, that's when I kind of could indulge a little bit more and listen to music. And of course, yeah, even movies, certain movies. Like, there's movies I've seen drunk that I've never seen sober that I probably will never watch like fucking world war z like, Loved the book Loved the world war z book yes they made, they made that movie with brad pitt i've never never saw it sober every time i watched it i'd be drinking i'd just black out or go to sleep and at this point i'm like well what's the use everybody's like it's a pretty good movie and i'm like nah, what's the use man i've tried three times yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny yeah. I,
1: I i don't have a particular one but i i certainly know that there there was a period where i would get off work from the bar at like three in the morning and i would walk home and one of my stops would be the 24-hour grocery store to go buy Mm -hmm. food not because obviously because i would just buy trash i'd be buying like turkey wraps and cheetos and fucking you know um peanut m&ms yeah Yeah. basically something salty to keep you alive yeah basically but I would also they were they had like cheap ass DVDs. This is how long ago this was. So mm. I'd be buying like 3.99 DVDs. I'd buy like I'd get drunk and buy like, "Oh, I need to get the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston." Like, right. I don't fucking know why because right. it was 3.99. Which that
0: entire movie only had one good fucking line in it and that was it. Is that
1: <laughs> I that never That one
0: where the guy like okay, there's a scene where like his buddy is trying to <laughs> fuck him over out of something and he looks at him and like male solidarity is like Band of Brothers. You ever hear of it? You should rent it sometime. You know, like just calling him out on like fucking selling him out. That's it. The entire mm. rest of the movie is hot trash, you're lucky.
1: Um but yeah. So so Band there was of brothers. I have lots of those where it's like why did I get the fucking why did I get the breakup so that I could just have something I just wanted something to watch and be drunk and pass out to. Right. So um but back to music and just the the idea of things i don't listen to anymore there's plenty like i but i think that's more about being older and being in a different mindset than it is about sobriety versus although you know listening to no effects sing um something about like round and round and bottles to the ground and like talking yeah. about breaking beer bottles which seemed fun you know at the time
0: yeah bottles to the ground <clears throat> or what's the other one the one um they have that whole song about getting sober do they yeah oh yeah Nothing seems much fun. Nothing seems much. F-
1: nothing seems that fun anymore to me. That's n- what it is. N- n- yeah. N- um. And I remember hearing that when I was drinking and just like, ah, fuck it. We don't yeah, want to not have it. fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Nothing seems much fun anymore to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't really listen to No Effects anymore just because. I just don't. I, it's not that they I just kind of outgrew it a little. Yeah, I don't have any. But I still like them. them. Yeah, I still I like mean, them. I still
0: like them. And if they come on, I'm stoked, but I'm not going to be like, yo, I need to listen to Punk and Drublick again. <laughs> That's going to fucking kill it. That's me, though, right? Right. No. Uh, here's a good example. Like uh, Mishka. Like when I first heard Mishka, I heard him on the Doug Stanhope podcast. And right. I heard his music because Doug Stanhope would use the Am I the Only One Drinking Tonight mm-hmm. as his theme song. And I was drunk. I was living in Arizona in 2011, and I was fucking hammered. And I would listen to Stan Hope, and then I found that. And there wasn't even Spotify back then. It was like I had to find it on fucking the other one. I can't remember the name Band of it. Pandora. 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 Pandora, yeah. right? And so I would listen to that song over and over again because that like really summed up what I was doing at that point. You know, It was that idea of looking around the room and being like, am I the only one drinking tonight? Really? Like, I thought everybody here was as fucked up as I was. You were saying that we're all not going home tonight in an ambulance? You know, like, yeah. It was this wild abandon and this, this, like, drowning of one's inner self that I loved. And now when I hear it sober, I still think it's a really good song. And he really uh, exemplifies that kind of mindset. But it makes me sad. Like, I feel sad for Jerry in 2011. I feel sad for anybody who's in that position because... And it's not like a man I don't want it to come off as a judgmental thing that I'm like judging people feeling sorry for them that's not it at all. I just feel sad like man it's, it could be better for you. I it think really you yeah, be I
1: think so let's let's not say let's not say it's pity and let's say that i have empathy oh, it's like bad. i am open empathy thank you yeah it's an empathy it's a mm. sad empathy right know? it's, it's like, sort of empathy yeah. is being open to to something or mm-hmm. someone pity is sort of being closed off and just like oh i'm sad and i don't want to you know think about that person so yeah man and you know Mishka, he's got that other
0: song too that fuck fuck being sober i can't remember the name of it now
1: anyway i didn't mean to interrupt you i just wanted he's to he's got a he's to got few of them that song too yeah so Mishka, to me, what well, I didn't find him until I got sober, and I heard him on the Rich Roll podcast, uh-huh. and he was talking a bunch of shit about he's like, Rich, I'm basically like standing in for all the people who listen to you who are kind of like on the fence about what's up with this dude who's a fucking ultra runner, vegan, blah blah blah, like, yeah. and so he was talking a bunch of shit, and and, and I was like, that's exactly right. And so the more I delved into and started listening to his music and reading his books, and I was, you know, he and I are, you know, basically the same age, and we have a lot of, like, correlating, you know, events in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, He certainly, he got sober fucking six years before I did. 2005 or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, so um, 10 years before I did. So, but that was a huge thing to me, for me, When I got to go and and meet him and listen, watch him play in a bar, and I was sober, he was sober, and this dude sitting next to me with his girlfriend was fucking hammered and singing along to every single song Mm -hmm. and just in love with it. And I don't know if that guy knew that Mishka was sober or not. I don't know. He certainly wasn't interested in in anything I had to and say. Would he care though? Would, would he, he care? care? No, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think I would yeah. have cared. I mean, would you give
0: a shit if you and I were at the Sunset Tavern in <laughs> Seattle and we were gonna go see Mishka and we were fucked up and you were like, "I'm like, you know, this dude's in recovery." You'd be like, "Who fucking cares?" Am like, I the only one know, drinking? Fuck the night. being yeah. sober. Yeah, fuck being sober. And yeah. so,
1: I think, um, I think to me it was really powerful to not only to. I drove down there. I listened to his music in the car to kind of get a vibe for the new album that he had out. Um, and I was able to watch him play. And then we and I got to meet him and, and talk to him. And we d- I did a whole podcast if you want to go find it on the feed. But um, just talking to him, got, I got to interview him and ask him a bunch of questions. And it was like so it was a really pivotal moment for me to like see somebody who had done this and who hadn't sort of. You know he talks about it when we talked about it. he's like sometimes I'm an asshole and I don't want to lose being an asshole and so yeah. I don't want to have mm-hmm. to get fucking you know I don't remember exactly how he put it but you know I don't want to lose all that and I was like okay, yeah cool I and, can
0: absolutely relate to that man so
1: whereas you know me I was like yeah I'm ready to fucking throw all that stuff away and move on and mm-hmm. be you know whatever but it was it was really I don't know that I would have I wouldn't have loved it in the same way if I had heard it and I was drunk like if you, you know, like you heard it on the Stanhope and Stanhope's a fucking notorious alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or heavy drinker. I don't know if he's an alcoholic. No, but I,
0: but. Well, I mean, it mm.
1: six <laughs> one way, half a dozen another, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know. So I I love being, and that Mishka still plays these songs or would if there mm-hmm. was shows, you know, and he was so kind to this drunk guy. Like the guy was fucking wasted. And he was patient and he was kind and it's like well if that's how you make your money and and you know he's like yeah I'll sign your stuff and I'm I'm grateful to have every fan even if they are right a little bit exactly fucking hammered.
0: yeah see and even in there he's talking about wanting to maintain being <laughs> an asshole and mm-hmm. not being into the program but then he's like living aspects of the program do you right. know what I mean showing kindness and empathy and patience towards a person who's an active Active drunk, actively drunk. I don't know if this person sitting next to you is an alcoholic or it's just Friday. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So that shit hits different. It all hits. I think some of the stuff that was really important <coughs> to me hits differently than it does now. Yacht rock, like mm-hmm. yacht, uh, yacht rock, and I have a weird ass relationship now. Um, it's um it's it's hard to li- it's different to listen to now I like it but I don't like it as much as I used to like Michael McDonald or I like it I like it in a different way than I Steely used to. Dan yeah yeah because I, I that makes me think about drinking actually mm. Yacht How Rock so? makes me doesn't make me want to crave a drink but it definitely makes me think of drinking in Arizona when I was really banging out a lot of Yacht Rock in Arizona like listening to Steely Dan Michael mm-hmm. McDonald that fucking um, uh, Kenny Loggins that yeah. early early hollow Notes and shit like uh-huh. yeah it, um, that totally was like my prime fucking drinking time. And so when I hear it now, I think about those times and be like, yeah, I'd sit in the backyard on a fucking hammock and just get fucking stoned till I couldn't see, you know, get so fucking drunk listening to Kenny Loggins sing. This is it.
1: This is because you know? it was smooth and it was fun and it was like it. There it's was this float, this know? notion you could float. Exactly. It just right. So, and now
0: I'm like well this shit is still smooth and nice but I don't and it doesn't make me want to drink or anything. it just hits a little different like I'm like oh there's a, a kind of a ragged edge to this now where I remember those right. things but that, but right. those times are good times though here this is the thing where I'm making this appeal to Coda now before he flips off the TV and he's like <laughs> fuck you guys but those were good times though parts of that was good parts of that was nice man I cannot look mm-hmm. back on the wreckage of that shit and be like it was all fucking bad man no yeah no man I can't fuck with that like sitting on that hammock feeling mildly stoned before the fucking blackout came was great
1: it was that's why we continued to do it until it wasn't fun anymore is because it was fun in a minute right that's yeah Mm -hmm. you know for a minute and and I think that music when music regard I I think if I had never found I found music before I found alcohol same here Mm -hmm. so it was always going to be a theme I can't I can't count the number of nights and you were there for many of them where I would have these huge record collections, right? And um, and I would just flip out records and play songs and then throw them on the ground. And I would just, the record collection that was in the shelves would just become this pile on the floor because we were just wanted mm-hmm. to play fun songs and drink and get hammered and like, oh, I got another one. And oh, I got another one. And there was really, there was a lot of fun to that. There was wreckage and... It always, almost always ended in a blackout and there was consequences for that blackout.
0: Just your actions during those blackouts, right? Mm-hmm. Like the things you were doing, saying to people and then everything surrounding it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the whole fucking basis of this podcast. It's the whole basis of our recovery is that those things were fun but then everything else that was around it or everything else you had to give up to have that
1: fun or whatever, you know. It was right. just Unmanageable unmanageable so i mean more music for me nowadays and i don't know maybe you're different but it's i do have a running playlist for sure mine's about six hours long and i kind of switch swaps yeah mine's
0: mine's only two hours i have to swap out too you got a good running playlist your running playlist is a a little weird though like you'll send me songs and be like how about you run to this (laughs) and it's some like (laughs) funk jam that's way the
1: bpm is way slow i'm like are you just speed walking to this yeah well I kind of find other things and sometimes I slow down with it. Um and uh but I yet, love it though.
0: It's not bad. It's no, just to me I always
1: I stay between like 120 and
0: 140 beats per minute. Those, we, those are all my running songs. And you are probably like that you
1: are probably training a lot better than I am because oh, no, I not better, just different. Well, th- th- there's a there's a thing and I I know this this episode's about music, but um mm-hmm. If you're in the gray zone, you should either be working on distance and endurance, which is kind of more of a slower pace, or you should Mm -hmm. be working on speed, which is sort of like getting above the... uh Getting above the threshold, so like you should be right. really pushing yourself, or you should be taking it as easy as possible, but well, I still think I'm running. In the middle of that though, because I'm doing like 11
0: mm. to 12 minute miles, okay. On average, so you know? I did a nine, nine, 945 the other day, nice, for a mile, which made me feel really good. But I was fucking gassed. My lungs
1: were like, <laughs> "Word, you're gonna do five today, dude?" <clears> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do five, bitch." Um, like but anyway but so so i like to mix it up so and i can always skip right. it or something but sometimes i'll mm-hmm. do slow and sometimes i do fast and um this is like jamming out to frank ocean uh-huh. running in a fucking wine field like a grape field that's how yeah. i always picture you <laughs> like there's a great frank ocean song and it's called i think it's called sweet life do you know it Yes, you send it to me. It's on my, one of my mixes, actually. Okay, I fucking love you that. You texted song. it
0: to me and said, "Check out this song," and I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty ass song." Yeah, yeah. Because I don't so know with, a lot of Frank Ocean. But- with, with music, it's like nowadays, like like you're, you keep trying to say, and I keep interrupting <laughs> you. Is that like I access it through my run playlist now, uh-huh. which
1: I imagine is what you're trying to say. Sorry. Or, or it's more about. Um, ambiance it's more about a vibe so Mm -hmm. either i listen to ambient music like our friend joe does the uh does the theme here he just re-released um one of his old albums from Mm -hmm. from back in the day on Bandcamp, but um they remastered it and added some stuff which so i like that or i'll listen to like classical or i listen to the um what's it called the chill hop vibes hip hop vibes to study lo-fi music study so i'll put that stuff on um, just because I want like to set a mood, rather than mm-hmm. I'm looking to, I don't listen to too many albums, right? The same way that I used to, where I like buy a CD and rip it open and like try to peel the little sticker off the top without fucking yeah. ruining it. Yeah, and, pop the tabs out, lift it. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So so I don't do that too much anymore, um, mm-hmm. I, and I I don't do that anymore at all. I don't at buy all. a CD. So I mean, no. an album. Throwing out, out a bunch of CDs actually. <laughs> You know, an album will come out and I will get it, I'll stream it from whatever, Apple or Spotify or whatever. And um, sometimes I'll listen to the whole thing if I'm really excited about it. But the last time I think, like, I don't know, Faith No More came out with an album and I was like, ugh, I didn't, it wasn't even, I'm, you know. Right. And, and they were like your favorite band. They were my favorite band in high school. Yeah. And, and and now it's and like, like mm, now I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. I'll just listen to Angel Dust again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I this sure, new shit for. Right.
1: Yeah. Angel Dust still makes me feel good, um, but
0: I have been discovering newer things in my late forties. Not newer things; I've been discovering older music that I realized I liked. Now, mm-hmm. have you have you noticed that? Has some, that happened to you? I guess some. Like on, I put a, a fucking what some, an Audio Slave song on my running playlist, right? Mm-hmm. And I fucking really liked it, and nice. I was like, "Yo, this Chris Cornell's got a fucking voice." So <laughs> then I started listening to Soundgarden again which i never really liked cuz i was mm-hmm. i listened to punk rock man i didn't listen to no, no grunge like yeah. yeah and so i've been listening to soundgarden and i'm like whoa this dude can fucking sing and these guys are good musicians you know mm-hmm. so i rediscover older things i don't know how i put them in the context of alcoholism cuz music has always been like i said mm-hmm. very important but always very background as well it like it, it existed in two ways you know you know i was thinking about we were going to talk about music um it, mm. like, it must have been like 2000 and, for, but, no, it was like 2001 or two. Coda took me to go see the Black Crows. I was fucking really hungover, dude. I mean, I had been on like a four-day bender. He ro- We rolled up there. I had a migraine. I thought I was going to shit my pants. <laughs> and I ran into you at the Black Crows concert. And yes. you were with your ex-girlfriend who wouldn't let us hang out with each other. Yes. So we couldn't even see the show together because she was like, Oh, those guys are fucking assholes. They make you drink too much. And... Which is funny because in your mind you're like, no, baby, I make myself drink yeah. too much. Those guys. I don't just, need them. Those yeah. guys just have booze, you know? <laughs> but I remember seeing that show and I remember Coda getting you really into the Black Crows. He did. Which surprised me really. I, it honestly did because I was like, man, that's Coda music. That's like some hokey straw hat fucking banjo <laughs> shit that I don't fuck with. Like. That's some weird Linen uh-huh. Skinnerd shit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, now I realize it's really good, but it's so funny because it surprised me when you were like, "Man, this fucking slaps." I like, this do- song goes,
1: dude. And so, <clears throat> does it have different context? Does that have different context to you now? Um, like when you hear some of the songs? I think the Black Crows, like st- some sometimes, but I mean, with the Black Crows, it was always. I don't listen to them as much, but they they definitely. That's a band that's always kind of stayed with me as far as like. Right why I love them. And when I found them, I remember the moment listening to shake your moneymaker and I was working the decan decontamination part of the sterile processing. Yeah. Um, dude, it's so weird, man. Fucking this, weird job. Cleaning listening
0: st- to the black crows and working in a sterile environment. Anyway. So I'm,
1: yeah. I'm used to wearing masks and shields and paper gowns. I did that shit for like four years and gloves mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, this album is amazing. How come I never fucking, I think I bought it used somewhere and, Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say, put um, Soundgarden's "Pretty Noose" on your running uh, playlist. That's a good one. Okay. And
0: all um, right, yeah, because yes. I have like "Black Hole Sun" for the cool. <laughs> but that song's a
1: fucking cut, though. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't mm-hmm. care.
0: Mm-hmm. That song's a cut. So, yeah. I, as,
1: as anyway. I as I te- regale you with more stories of, of rock stars um, that I've met, I, I did want to mention that I. Worked at a bar that was around the corner from a bar that was owned partially by Ben Shepard, who is the bass player from Soundgarden. And he, Did he and I... Own that, was that the Hazelwood? That was the Hazelwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know where he's at now, and I don't know anything. And I don't want to speak poorly, but there was many a sloppy, sloppy night that was not... I was included, you know, with him. And, and I remember many nights being fucking just blackout drunk and, and i'm not i don't have anything honestly he tried
0: to didn't he want to beat you up is that we, what the story is going we there, well to beat there was you so up? there you was some dance issue wife John? i danced
1: i danced with his girlfriend oh because he wouldn't get up and dance with her and i was like fuck it i don't care because i was i'll
0: fucking dance with you Do you know who i am
1: <laughs> i was Do you know blackout where drunk on green chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um
0: fucking walter
1: uh, yeah the so uh, so uh, Do you know where i work <laughs> right <laughs> basically <laughs> oh what an asshole i was and so it was like and it was never i i guess i guess the point is is like meeting famous people and meeting rock stars it's never been good drinking you know what i mean i used to go my friend was the he was the tour manager and the merchandise guy for the killers and I got fucking mm-hmm. kicked out of the first killers on their first tour like because we were drunk in the I was drunk in the stall mm-hmm. with Opie and um, oh, we, yeah. we got they pulled us out of there and Opie had the whiskey bottle in his fucking jacket and the guy's like give me the booze and Opie's like no man there's no booze we were just making out in there. And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. We were just making out in there. And he's like, give me the yeah, fucking. You were boost. in Seattle, right? <laughs> yeah. We were in Seattle. Yeah, where it was
0: not weird for two men to just make out in right. Seattle. Like the, he, You got, you booze. know what I mean? It yeah. was genius, though, in the moment. But he, but he was but just. It, like, was, it really wasn't in hindsight. It was. Exactly. It was genius in the moment. It wasn't no, in cause hindsight. No, because there's a ton of gay people doing gay stuff in Seattle. Uh-huh. It's not like, yo, we got to go hide
1: out, mm. you know? Stop, right, exactly. Just
0: tongue kiss. No, you guys but, were
1: drinking booze, and the bouncer was smarter than you dudes. Go ahead. But every time that I, I remember going to see like the killers would come in and and I remember my buddy. I was so drunk one time right. and he was like, man, and I really wanted to be on the radio. Like, I really wanted to be a radio DJ. I wanted to be, you know, do something. And he's like, I wish I could introduce you to some of these people, but you're just too drunk. And I don't think yeah. he he didn't mean anything by it. And he wasn't being no. a rude asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just like, hey. And that struck me and that didn't strike me enough to quit drinking, but it was always something that's I remember that moment of and of feeling so disappointed and so sad and so like I hated myself for that moment of being so drunk that like I there wasn't there could have been an opportunity backstage at the key arena with somebody or something and if I had just been sober there could have been something. Right. And I was too drunk. To take that opportunity, yeah. now.
0: It's okay though. Johnny Radio's dead now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Here we are. Um, podcasting. here I am podcasting. Yeah. So, but it was just like, what the fuck, man? Like there was just, I mean, and it goes hand in hand, right? Rock and roll, sex, mm-hmm. drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, whiskey, river, all that shit, right? All that shit. So, um, so I, I don't know that I listened. Things come up, but there's nothing that's off the table anymore. I'm just not interested in it. There's nothing. I don't have any musical triggers. I don't hear like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you're not like, oh shit, it's Enter Sandman. I remember all that fucking beer or whatever. All that, yeah. all that sobriety out the window. Yeah. um You know, and I, I told this story too. I'm going to tell you my last rock star story. Um, i just want to get it out. i don't you. have
0: any dude i sold mushrooms once to Dell, the funky homo sapien and that was about it i didn't know you sold mushrooms i didn't know i was selling mushrooms either until the guy <laughs> i was in the graffiti crew with gave me mushrooms and said go go sell those to Dell." i said okay how was that And he'd bring me back the money well oh. i gave him the mushrooms and said give me the money and he gave me the money and then i took it back to my friend and he said here's here's like five bucks go get yourself something that was it a burrito or something, yeah, yeah, that was it. It literally was like crossing a room. Like, he's all here, I got shit to do, go give these to Dell, and he'll give you 40 bucks. And he gave me a big ass bag of mushrooms. And I walked over to Dell and said, Here, so and so wanted you to give me this, and now you got to give me 40 bucks. And he's like, All right, man, and here's 40 bucks. And then, Mr. and Mr. Bob, Dobblini, which in 1992, 93, 40 bucks was a lot of money, like, yeah. Yeah, dude. That was like fucking three or four bottles of booze and burrito from fucking Los Betos. Shit, man.
1: Mm-hmm. So the last... Well, Damn. I don't just want yeah. to say the
0: last, but one of the... tell us, Regale us with the tales of John on the road. This is like <laughs> that movie...
1: What, Almost Famous? or Yes, yeah, yeah. You're a shining golden god, dude. Uh, okay. So I, I've told you this before, and, and Tom Waits is notorious, you know, drinking music. Um, the piano has been drinking... We've talked about my bad breakup and right. how I listened to Tom Waits for a year straight in the bar and made everybody else listen to it every oh, single yeah, night. I, know. I was there. So um, that I could. <laughs> but when I met him, I met him in Petaluma and um, I was like, and I could tell because of the jean jacket and the fucking the jeans and the boots. And I was like, I mm-hmm. know who that is. I could just tell from afar, you know, from the back. And I didn't go up to him. And then I was like, oh, he's standing outside that consignment shop. This is my chance. I'll never see him again. Do you say something? Do you not? And I just went up to him and I was like, Mr. Waits, I can't remember if I shook his hand now. I think I did. Probably. And I just said, I just wanted to say I've always been, I've been a big fan for a long time. And, and I want to say that it's been inspirational, you know, something to the effect of, it's been inspiring to know that you're sober. And, um, I appreciate that too. And, and he kind of just looked at me and said, okay. And he he didn't smile or anything. And that was it. He was just kind of taken aback. And, but thanks um, for making it weird kid. (laughs) But I think if somebody like Tom waits can get fucking sober. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a hell of a thing who have created their entire identities around alcohol and drugs. Right. Mm hmm. Created entire fucking universes. Musical universes around heroin, but they're performing though. You know what
0: I'm saying? Like it's all performative. They live. Some of them live that life, but those motherfuckers die. You know they die super early. Think about all these little little rappers that are all dying, uh, and like Mac Miller and these motherfuckers who are doing doing this type of hip hop and saying, "Oh yeah, we live. We're about that life. We live that life." And then they fucking die, dude. And I'm like, "Damn, yeah, you know that's some sad shit." Yeah. I just see Tom Waits being like, "Thanks a lot, kid." Just waiting for my wife to go buy some nog Chompa. Basically, come up and that start was, fucking bothering me.
1: That was basically the kind of shop it was. Congratulations, too. you don't drink. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's nah, that was it, probably his inner monologue or his what his thoughts. I don't know, but
0: yeah, but no, you're right. Though they build these universes, we interpret. Th- their performance, and we give it our own spin on it, you yeah. know? Because I could be listening to fucking Black Hole, Sun of My Run, being like, whoa, this is about this really heady, deep concept, and Chris Cornell's Ghost could be like, no, man, I just needed a word that rhymed with sun." Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> there's nothing to it that isn't, is is isn't what it is, or even Nathaniel Rateliff could be like, this whole song that you listen to on repeat, which I rarely would do anymore, he'd be like, yo, that's just a share I heard at a meeting that they mm. fucking made
1: me go to Court mandated you know, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. But to
0: me, I put this significance in it and that's fine. I should, there should still be in the age of the internet. We should still be allowed to have myths. Do you know what I mean? Like positive myths. We should still be allowed to weave this kind of world in this age in a positive way. All the other myths, man, you're doing that Q and shit. Don't do that. Yeah. But, but, but positive myths are good for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, especially if you're, yeah, I think that's great. And especially around music an art right mm-hmm. i mean if you see you see a painting or you hear you know we're talking about music here but you hear a song and it 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 strikes you in such a way that it inspires you to be better do better or i mean hell i i, I mean it, a lot of the stuff i would put on those sad songs because i wanted to feel sad and i would drink because i wanted exactly because you wanted
0: to feel sad and so what would make you feel sad yeah.
1: What I mean you mix those two things together and you
0: got yourself a good night of fucking hard crying feeling sorry for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is not
0: bad sometimes. It's okay to feel sorry for yourself.
1: But not to Just th- don't get lit up and do it and, yeah. and you know, make a mistake. Not to the point of me feeling inconsolable and reaching out to people in a very bad way. way. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no.
0: Hey man, we we learned from those lessons. <coughs> now you know not like anymore. that's a thing I
1: shouldn't do. Yeah.
0: I don't do that anymore because it doesn't nobody benefits from that all Mm. we're doing is yeah yeah, we're just going in a circle man so yeah i would say like go out out there listener and listen to andrew bird uh i stopped at mystery of eggs the mysterious production of eggs i didn't you were telling me oh you got to listen to this and that album and i was like nah i'm gonna stop here because everything else is kind of his newest one is really good so i'd say listen to andrew bird listen to mike Doty, listen to soul coughing yes Listen to... Man, I don't know. There's so much out there that you can find. And if you're an older person, check out Young People Music. There's some cool-ass Young People Music out there.
1: I always... Whenever my streaming platform says, Oh, we've got a new mix for you. I mm-hmm. always play it. Mm-hmm. And rarely do I find something I love. But every once in a while, I'm like, That's fucking cool. I fucking discovered Adele. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. Hold the No, phone. dude. Have you ever heard of this woman? She's a British woman. (laughs) She used to be really heavy
0: and now she's not. She got Mm -hmm. dumped a few times. No, she was on Saturday Night Live last week and we Mm -hmm. watched it the next day. And I was like, this woman has a fucking voice. Like I never paid attention to her because she's so pop. I'm like, ah, this is some Bieber shit. I ain't fucking with this pop shit. And then, yeah, I just like discovered her. I've been listening to her a little bit, flirting with it. But yo, go out there and listen to Adele. Feel sad. And listen to that. That's one of my running songs. Is that rolling in the deep now? I'm fucking killing it. We we could have had it all, John. Rolling I'm just in the over deep.
1: There. Just We could have had it all. Just, uh,
0: and I'm like counting. Fucking heart beating out of your the, chest. Sweating. 140 BPM, getting that heart up. But anyway, that's so stupid. Me so, finding Adele at 45. That's it's just like Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo's Young People music. I mm-hmm. fucking love Lizzo. Dude, that Hobo Johnson guy or whatever. I like some of his songs a lot. He's I don't fucking know him. rad. Oh, he's weird. He's he, he's basically a band you and I would have started if we were in high school. <laughs> hobo Johnson or Cave <laughs> Caveman Johnson, it's Hobo something. I'll look it anyway, up. Send me a link. Yeah, look um, it up. but but anyway, I would say uh, I don't even know what the purpose of this was. Just uh, but just we just talked about music, right? Just mm-hmm. shooting shit about music and shooting recovery. The, yeah. Tomorrow it'll be mac and cheese and recovery. Who the fuck knows, man? It's 2020. Everything's all fucked up. Yeah, no shit.
1: Um, you know one of those one, there's a song I still I get chills when I hear it, and I'm. I'm is it Adele? No, it's not. Cause um, she's real talented. Do you know? Um, do you 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 know this? We all know this song, "Walking in Memphis" huh. by Mark Cohn.
0: Are you serious? Something about that I, piano then, and like. Really?
1: And he's like, "Down in the jungle room, cause I was walking in Memphis," and then the chorus comes up, and I'm yeah, like, and I'm like, "Man, that song is." No, you're allowed me. to own
0: it. I only
1: know the share version of it. Oh. There's a Cher version of it. Mark Cohn got nothing on Cher. Or Cher's got oh, nothing on Mark on the original. Artist.
0: I probably not. Yeah, no, no, no. But um
1: Yeah, Cher does it. That's how I know it. But it's it's like always this big powerful thing. And I'm, you know, she or he's like He says something Walking like the him. woman says, Son, are you a Christian boy? And he's and I said, Ma'am I am tonight. And I'm like, I'll fucking tonight I am. Yeah, tonight I am and so it's like this, like weird, powerful. Oh like I'm like, oh man, I could probably I should put that on my running mix. That'll give me so just crying on the trail, just whatever crying by a grape tree, a grape tree, grape bush, or you know, Vanessa Carlton. Um, if I would walk, no, I would walk what? a thousand miles just to see you tonight. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. It's, it's she, uh, the name is super familiar, and I know if she you plays played the it piano the on head. the back of a flatbed truck and drives through like, um, no. Anyhow, no. It's another Snore one of done. these piano pop songs that kind of just hits right, you know. And it's like, yeah. I mean, there's a reason these songs get catchy and get caught in our brains right. and stuff like that. They use them yeah. to sell cars and candy bars, but yeah. Um, I'd also
0: say, if you're out there in the world, go listen to. Um, um harmar harmar superstars dope and um he's also in recovery what's his name yeah he is in recovery yeah he's got some good
1: he's he's doing a good job man he's got his new he has a new album with a with a woman called heartbones and it's more it's not it's it feels more 80s kind of like Mm-hmm. retro vibe Less and soul yeah it's not the the usual uh fare from him but he's great too and if anybody knows harmar i've hit him up on instagram too um mm-hmm. if he wants to come and, on oh the, show. the other
0: one was meyer hawthorne was another one that i can listen to
1: all the oh, time yeah. that i
0: listen to drunk and sober and they both hit exactly the same which yes. is dope as hell yes and
1: tuxedo as well uh-huh tuxedo's good so i love all that kind of funk and soul yeah. and and um
0: John really loves fucking soul. You want to get John in a good place, man, just send him links to that shit. He like mm-hmm. super loves that stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm a mystery. I'm very eclectic. It's true. Um <laughs> or any what is it? Anyway. You, you always like the the weird fucking rockabilly stuff that I don't always get into. You you Right. Like, so I mean, whatever, whatever yeah. works for whatever for whomever. I think yeah. that I don't think anything's off-limits. I think that it's no. definitely worth... All of
0: it. Even New Country, if you like it. If that makes you happy, makes you feel like you can get through something and it's a song about a truck, mm-hmm. fuck it, man, yeah. do it. I they suggested
1: Alan Jackson to me on Facebook, and I don't think the algorithm's working very well because there's nothing about me that would make me think No, that not at all. Not at all. Well,
0: maybe they just look at the background of your pictures and there's a lot of amber colors <laughs> and you're outside a lot, so they're like... This man appreciates nature and he may appreciate the smooth dulcet tones of Jackson. <laughs> the Andrew smooth
1: Jackson. dulcet What's tones. That's... Andrew Jackson. No, uh, um, Andrew Jackson. Alan Allen Jackson. Allen and appreciate Andrew Jackson. An Andrew Jackson? That's for sure. Um uh, But yeah, man, I think that I don't think that music is ever going to not be a part of my life. I think there's I think the the unique thing about music versus any other art form is that I've never had there's no other art form that can evoke such an emotion in me in like two and a half minutes than a song right. or even, even mm-hmm. two and a half seconds. If it's the right two and a half seconds, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I've never been struck by a book in the same way as a song or a painting or a movie or anything like that. A song is just music is something else. So whatever gets you through the night. Um, Who's that? That's uh, that's John Lennon. Mm-hmm. oh man he does a, you know he's got a good song called cold turkey if you want to listen to a song about fucking kicking it um but yeah so <laughs> thank you guys for listening to yet another yeah um mildly interesting was, uh, conversation yeah go listen to ladies night by cool and the gang yeah that's my
0: sobriety jam Ooh yeah i was gonna yeah. say man i heard a great joke the other day uh nah never mind no okay no, it was yesterday. It was from another podcaster. Sean Connery died. Yes. You know, rest in peace, old guy. But I don't know, I don't feel too sad about it. I don't know, Sean Connery was kind of a fucking asshole. But also he did, he, he also had a lot of he had a lot of positive merits. You know. But mm-hmm. uh but anyway this other podcaster was like, Rest in peace, Sean Connery, you're up there in heaven slapping women with Mozart. And I thought that was so fucking funny
1: for some reason. <laughs> so Anyhow Anyhow, on that note, on that note enjoy yeah. your music however it is and i mm-hmm. and i think it's always great to um i think one of my favorite things in sobriety is being able to look at things differently i mean that's the whole fucking point listen yeah to absolutely that's right? like
0: one of the best parts yeah
1: so we'll see you next, next week time.
0: people hopefully it won't be too bad so all yeah. Right. all
1: right all right thanks jerry later Bye. thanks again for listening our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at A's for Alcoholic at
1: gmail.com. Talk to you later.
0: Yeah.